Hi, Brian Z here. Yesterday, I appreciated everything. I do that every day. I appreciate all things. It got me to thinking. Maybe this is what's making me so damn tired. Or that or the aging process. I don't know. So I'm not giving you anything. Okay, here's the thing. When I wake up, I am in my most appreciative like, I, I'm alive, I woke up, and then the least I appreciate is going to bed. Yeah, I really do not appreciate that part of the day as much as I should. Z rule number one, appreciate all things. If you're listening on Anchor, you just heard Fight Like a Brave by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, ain't that some good advice? Fight like a brave, don't be a slave. No one can tell, tell you, you got to be afraid. There are two bits of contrasting wisdom. The one is life is a process of preparing for your death. I believe that is stemming from an Eastern philosophy. And then there's you don't have to think about your death or focus on your death because your death is always with you. That actually came from William S. Burroughs. And you know, I can't help but appreciate both sentiments, both concepts, both ideas. And I think the one that I embrace depends on the mindset. In other words, when I find myself worrying about matters of life and death, it's usually best to embrace the death and understand it in a healthy, pragmatic manner. Of course, the problem is when you become obsessed with death and perhaps even the act of dying. Well, come to think about it, the second bit of advice, which is you don't need to uh, focus on your death, hardly stands as advice, right? I mean, I really don't think that we all walk around considering the possibility of our death. When I think of how my dog is probably going to die, My kids are going to die. My wife is going to die. I'm going to die. Well, these thoughts can be overwhelming and crippling. So you've probably heard me say this before. Z's law. Number one, appreciate all things. Life is so fleeting for all of us that I think it's just critical to not only appreciate that we are alive and that those that we love are alive, but even more importantly, that we got to live. You know, a few years back, I was suffering from some health complications that I didn't even quite know what was going on and felt that I was probably going to be dying soon. And the one thought that saved me and that really helped me not to fall into despair was this. But before I tell you that, let me give you a little backstory. I'm sure you've heard me say zero, one, and infinity are lies. In particular, this lie called infinity. Some of you may know what I'm talking about or may resonate with what I'm saying. All right, so that's the backstory. So the line was this. I alone got to interrupt infinity. And I can say this about all of life. We alone 
got to interrupt infinity. You see, prior to us being born, we infinitely did not exist. Supposedly, life was infinitely non-existent. And then we came around. If you read Lawrence Krauss's book, you'll understand when I say something had to come from nothing. Because no thing is impossible. I want to make myself very, very clear to everybody, everybody. And that's this. I am not on this planet to make friends. I am, a, I am not on anchor to make friends. I am here to make sense. And oddly enough, making sense often hurts people's feelings. But I am not here to hurt your feelings. I don't even know you. I am here to make sense of myself and make sense of the world around me, including all the people in it. There's a saying from Buckminster Fuller went something like this. You can make dollars or you can make sense. You can't do both. Luckily, us humans are a symbiosis, which means those of us that are good at making the dollars can go ahead and do that. And those of us that are good at making sense can go ahead and do that. And as long as those two worlds appreciate each other, we can live happily ever after. But when those making dollars can't appreciate those making sense and vice versa, we're in trouble. The anchor user Zeitgeist posted up a segment, oh, a couple days back, regarding giving the same advice that you would to a slave to a master, or giving the same advice you would to a weak person, a strong person. And that advice was to find your path and walk your path. I'm having a hard time with that. First of all, the user calls the station Zeitgeist. But that philosophy that he's expounding, find your path, belongs to antiquity. And antiquity firmly maintains duality. I mean, you do realize that over the next 50 to 100 years, we are still going to have men and women. Sure, gender will be raced over time. But not within our lifetime. You can't give futuristic advice. I mean, you're talking about slavery as if slavery was something that happens to people. That's complete and utter bullshit. If you're a slave, you're a slave. If you're a master, you're a master. For instance, when blacks were being enslaved, there were plenty of blacks that were not slaves. That just wasn't part of their nature. They rather got killed or they freed themselves. A master, a master would be nothing without his slaves. You notice in our world that most people are slaves. Willingly, wittingly, slaves. There are very few masters. Very few. And of course, in our Western language, we like to poo-poo the word master, don't we? Oh, master, not a good word. But in Eastern philosophy, the word master or sifu means teacher. Now, I'm sure there are some horrible master-slave relationships. I'm not trying to brush that under the rug. 
But nor am I going to brush under the rug the wonderful and beautiful relationships between master and slave. Now, I'm referring both to early American slavery and current modern slavery. You know, white-collar slavery. I'm not talking about child slavery or weird-ass human trafficking. Although, right, it's coming back by popular demand. Modern slavery, American slavery is sort of like Amway. Early America, you know, you had your indoor slaves and your outdoor slaves. Obviously, one had to work harder than the other. Again, a matter of aptitude. To what extent is the wolf the slave to the dog or vice versa? Or the crane on a hippo's back? So this concept of master and slave is not a human construct. It's a construct of nature. Okay, now shooting to the future. We're now transitioning from natural selection to artificial selection. And now things are going to change and get wild. I mean, the reality of the future of human is more bizarre than we could ever imagine. Individuals will be optimized in the future for energy. We are those high-tech batteries that we're trying to create. Individualistic societies will be rare if not non-existent. I mean, sure, you know, 1984, Brave New World, those things, sure. But in many ways, we've already surpassed that. And correction, when I said, who's beholding to who, the wolf or the dog, I meant to say the wolf or the monkey, right? Because that symbiosis very well could have uh, spawned humanity. You know, homo, homo, I mean, uh, spawned homo sapiens. No, who is beholding to who? The wolf or the Neanderthal? Or the ape, let's say. Not the wolf and the dog. Right, this has just been a hypothesis of mine. It may even be a theory of someone more legitimate than myself. But I've always thought that the relationship between wolves, or early canines, let's say, and uh, Neanderthals led to the Homo sapien. All right, food for thought. Integrity Radio. individuality, your unique perspective, if you ever find it, will only be the equivalent to the leaf on a tree. The leaves are vital to the life of a tree. Embrace the leaf. Lead a life that produces a big and beautiful 
leave. And when it's time for us to leave, we will know that we have contributed. Yeah, I don't know how far you can take a metaphor. But I will admit to being guilty of taking it as far as it can go. Hey, if you're listening, I want to take this time to thank you very much for listening to me and Integrity Radio. I especially want to thank you for your call-ins and your comments, regardless if I agree with you or not, or I'm calling bullshit. I think it's wonderful that I really don't feel the need to ignore anyone that I'm in communique with here on Anchor or any of the other platforms that might be listening, such as iTunes or Spotify. Thank you, guys. If you want to join us beyond Integrity Radio, check out SifuZ.com. That's www.sifuz.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Sifu underscore Z. And you can also check out some of my music at SoundCloud.com slash Music for Dogs. And if you want to join in on the discussion, check it out at anchor.fm slash integrity. That's where you could actually call in and, uh, you know, give me your two cents. It's the only two cents that I'm asking for here on Anchor, and that is reason and logic. Then we're getting there by way of the study of art, science, and Kung Fu. That's a fancy way of saying Kung Fu. Let's talk about Chinese people with their Kung Fu and all that silly Chang Chang Chong talk. I can't understand you. Go back to your country, white power. Who wrote this song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's just my grand- our grandmother used to sing that when she cleaning up. That's a Negro spiritual. Black work song. <laughs> Not everybody know about that. I know. See, white people, you guys might whistle when you work. <laughs> you think? But that's how you can tell what kind of work we're actually doing. that kind of shit. I do. Anything that has to do with race. I read a little here, see a little there. And I travel. That's always good. Uh, traveling has made me a, a racism connoisseur, if you will. You know, it's different from region to region. Anyone ever been down south? So you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, the racism down there is just fucking... Perfect. Still to a perfection. It's comfortable. It's out in the open. There are no secrets in Mississippi. Everybody knows the deal. Morning, nigger. Morning, sir.
Not up here. You hit the big cities, man. It's different. It's always a secret. And we should do like them. We should keep our shit out in the open, then a little. I mean, with limits. You don't want to say whatever comes to your mind. That might be a little much. White dude be walking in the street, minding his business. And brother walk up to him, hello. You white oppressor, you slave master rapist of Africa. <gasps> Why, hello, my thick lip spear chucking friend. <laughs> Touche, honky. <laughs> so, Whitey, what did you do today, hmm? Oppress a new land and make the people there Christians against their will? <laughs> <laughs> What did you do, fellow? Burn those big black lips on a crack pipe as you miss your job interview? <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Whitey, you're cutting deep. <laughs> oh, this chit-chat has got me thirsty. You will excuse me for a moment. I'm going to go to the Korean store and get something to drink. You slanted eyed, ruined the economy in our neighborhood by opening stores and taking the money out of the community. Chink! Well, good afternoon, you browse around but never buy anything. Suspicious looking nigga! After a while, that might be too much. You can't help it. If you're an American, you're a racist. We brought up from the beginning to think in generalizations. We never look at the individual. We rarely look at the individual. I'm a racist. I know I'm a racist. You know how I know? The other day I caught myself being racist against myself. There's so much shit getting on, I got mixed up. Forgot whose team I was on and shit. One time I was reading the paper, man, this story came on about the, uh, this guy was suing a department store because they wouldn't let him play Santa Claus, you know, because he's black. And I was actually, like, relieved when the department store beat him. That's bad. But I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for the idea of a black Santa Claus. Man, that shit would suck. So we wouldn't get our presents to the 28th, 29th. with some pussy and bags. I had to sell some toys to get back. Yeah. Where them cookies at?
Change is a fundamental fact of the universe. Struggle is what makes it worthwhile. I swear to you, I have not listened to Mez and Remix or anyone else today until just now. And then this is what I hear. What's amazing is there's 98 more monkeys out there just like us. So yeah, check out Medicine Remix's riff on appreciation. Okay, so you are saying that the 400 trillion to 1 odds of being a human is false. Well, that's, that, that is very spiritualistic Buddhism reincarnation speak, which, which as I said, I, I can appreciate, but it, it's not true. When you were conceived, you were the only thing. All right, but hold on. How is it that that would be Buddhist? Uh, or spiritualistic uh, because thinking. I, I, I mean, that's math. math. That's a I number. Did, he came up with a hard number. Four hundred. He said you could Google it too. Four hundred trillion to one chances that you will turn out to be a human. Well, I I didn't listen to his piece, but I'm assuming he means there's four hundred trillion living things on the planet right at the moment, which. Um, I I cannot, my genetic makeup could not possibly be a worm or a beetle. So no, I could not have been those things. When I was conceived, the only thing that I could be in the combination is me. Hmm. I couldn't have been the dog or the cat or anything else. But, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, well, you come back as anything, right? Well, and then those numbers wouldn't be quite as precise. <laughs> no, but I assume what he Googled was the number of living things on the planet. I don't know what he Googled. I don't know, huh. I don't know where that number came yeah, from. Yeah, how do you qualify that number? How do you qualify that statement? Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I, I kind of just took it for face granted because, well, you know, these guys are doctors, right? They're supposed to be the smartest people on the planet. Infailable. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but then again, they're doctors, not mathematicians, not quantum physicists. Not geneticists, apparently. Not geneticists. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> My goodness. All right, well, hmm. There's some food for thought. Anybody got any thoughts on that one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with you and say, yeah, I, that doesn't really sound quite right. I, I think you could say that if you qualify it properly, but... And maybe it, I, I think he's just saying there's that many living 
things on the planet and and uh you turned out to be you but mm. like i said that's very buddhist i, I like buddhism but you know mm. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's if it if it were in fact four hundred trillion living things on Earth, is that four hundred trillion things living now, or four hundred trillion things that have ever lived on Earth? I gotta believe there's far more than that if you're considering what has ever lived, because you're right down to the little tiny single cell organisms. So then now you gotta qualify that now. Yeah, you gotta qualify what is life. Well, at what point are you qualifying life? Right. Right. Single cell, amoeba. The right. tree next door. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Fascinating. I love your skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mathematician in me. Yeah. <laughs> Integrity Radio.
This goes out to Medicine Remix. First time I heard you, I knew it was the right thing. Medicine. Save the date, Psycon is returning to Las Vegas for 2017. Today, you turned on your computer or your phone and Facebook told you that vaccines are an evil government plot. Twitter told you the sun is revolving around a flat earth. And the House Science Committee told you that climate change is nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, up is down, true is false, Oceania has always been at war with East Asia, and dogs and cats may in fact be living together. Enough already. It's time once again for the forces of reason and science to come together. Time for critical thinkers to connect, learn from each other, and sharpen their skills. Time for the leading lights of skepticism to share their wisdom and rally the troops. It's time for PsyCon 2017, back in Las Vegas. October the 26th to the 29th, join luminaries such as James the Amazing Randy, Richard Dawkins, Eugenie Scott, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, Susan Gerbeck, Harriet Hall, Richard Wiseman, Carrie Poppy, Joe Nickel, and many, many more. The master of ceremonies is none other than George Harab. For the biggest skeptics event of the year, returning triumphantly to the Excalibur Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, the city of illusions, PsyCon 2017 will be packed with fascinating talks and presentations, dazzling entertainment and fun social events with fellow skeptics. This October, get away from fake news and conspiracy theories filling up your news feeds at PsyCon. 2017, your alternative to alternative facts. For more information, visit www.csiconference.org.